Hallelujah. Thank you for having me, Apostle and Prophetess Ndolvo. I miss you so much. I miss you so, so much. We made attempts in, uh, in April to come, but uh, it just did not work out. And so, thank you for having us in 2023. All the senior ministers of the gospel, I salute you in Jesus' mighty name. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you open the scriptures to us and also open the heavens to us. Prosecute your counsel in our midst and take all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated in the house of God. Turn your Bible to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. Now, Isaiah chapter 60 and Isaiah chapter 61 happens to be two significant prophetic scriptures. Whereas Isaiah chapter 60 speaks about the move of the word of God. Isaiah chapter 61 speaks about the move of the spirit of God. And you will notice that in the sequence, in the sequence, now the person in charge of this, just reduce the volume a little, okay, and everything will be all right you realize that in the sequence the scriptures capture the move of God's word before it captures the move of God's spirit and there are several um, symptoms that find expression when the word of God is moving when the word of God is attempting to achieve actualization you know the first time in scriptures that words were used they were not for communication but for creation so God rules by his authority and God has decided that his authority will be manifest in his word in fact the Bible also reveals that God has exalted his word above his name which means that if god speaks his words become law and he himself is subject to the things that he has said and that's how powerful the word of god is and you are not going to make any progress in your christian life until you acknowledge the authority of the word of god 
So in the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, we see a prophetic scripture that captures all the symptoms that find expression when the word of God has been sent from God. Verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. You will notice that the light here is singular. It didn't say our light is come. It said your light is come. And that gives us an insight into the type of the word of God that we are talking about. That this is not the letters that we are referring to here. This is the proceeding word of God that is captured in all its specificities as it addresses the situation of a people, the situation of a nation, the situation of an individual. Now, during the course of this conference, we are trusting God that your own light will come. You see, if you decide to arise before your light comes, your rising will lack authority. And it will not be able to strike any chord in the realm of the spirit. And so he says, arise. The only thing that you're going to bring to the table is to stand up by faith. Is to take the first step. When you take the first step, your faith is going to reflect the glory of the word of God and your faith will occasion a shining. And the reason why all of these things are happening is because your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. If you are a student of the Bible, you must have found that the entrance of his word is what gives light. And when we talk about light in that regard, we are not talking about illumination in terms of the floodlights that are present in this hall. When we talk about light, we are saying that God has conducted a surgery on your heart and has opened your heart so that you have capacity to understand from God's frequency, from God's level. It has nothing to do with um, the man managing this. You did not follow my instruction. I just say, reduce the volume, let all of us rest. Amen. I've been in church for long. I know sound. <laughs> Before we became preachers, we were managing a lot of things, including your department. <laughs> now, I want to show you something. Are you, are you ready? Okay. Now, please take note of the word come in our reading. Next verse. 
For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. This is the verse of interest. This is my verse of interest. But I want to show you something before I begin to tackle this verse. Okay? Next verse. And the Gentiles shall come into thy light, and kings into the brightness of thy rising. How many comes? One. So far. Oh, you are not with me. Ah. Verse 4. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They what? Come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar. Thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. And thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of the Gentiles shall come to thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, and the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all there from Sheba shall they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered unto thee. The rams of Nebaoth shall minister unto thee, and they shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. How many comes did you? Seven comes. Huh? No, I can't hear you. How many comes did you underline? Seven. seven. Now, all those seven comes that you underlined, they came because thy light came. Your light. So if your light does not come, forget about the seven comes. At some point, he speaks about the camel. That's mobility. Now, I know someone here is praying for mobility. If your light does not come, your camel will miss its direction. Okay. Let me adjust. This is an addition. This is not my emphasis. Go back to verse 2. So, if you don't know what it means to secure the word of the Lord... You will be existing, but you will not be living according to destiny. Because the infrastructure that God has put in place to ensure that you swim in the river of actualization is tied to the spoken word of God. Okay? Now, my emphasis tonight is in verse 2. He's saying the reason why you need your light and the reason for which you may need to arise is because of something that is coming. He said the reason why you may need to shine and shine with intensity because the average believer is, is happy, is satisfied, just glowing with little light. 
has little little breakthroughs here and there you know little things are happening and we are caught up within the framework of little things and we are cheated out of destiny paul did not say that he wanted to attempt destiny he said i have finished my course it is it is i wanted to try i want to try it out i want to see if i can cope he said i fought the fight now the average believer becomes contented easily that we accept a mediocre reality in exchange for our destiny he told them that you need to arise and you need to shine with glory because there is darkness that is coming he said darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people that is the reason for which you cannot afford not to have the technology of securing your word from the mouth of God. Are you still with me? So I want to show us, because I'm preaching to Africa, I'm standing on this platform, but I'm preaching beyond the people that are seated in this immediate congregation. And I'm trying to tell you the story of Africa and where we are in the journey of revival. Uh, if you are still with me, say amen. amen. Okay. Let me introduce the reading for the night. I brought this familiar scripture to attract your attention so that we can read the real scripture for the evening. If I go into that scripture directly, you will say I'm too serious. So, I started with I said camels are coming for you. I said I said Gentiles will come into your life. Now listen, are you with me? You know the scripture says that Gentiles, they will do what? They will come into your life. They don't know the way. But when your light begins to shine, the first set of people that you are going to see are Gentiles. People that are without divine philosophy. Sangomas. If you born and you born consistently, Gentiles will come into your light. Are you there? But you must understand that kings will not come into your light. Kings will come into the brightness of your rising. Kings will come into the full intensity of your capacity. May you not only see Gentiles on your journey. May your light so shine that kings, kings, kings are not moved by small sparks. Just, just no, 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 no. Is the brightness of your rising. So let's go to the. At least I achieved my intention to make you excited. The real message is not actually exciting. So I have given you your portion of excitement. So let us go to Isaiah chapter 8. 
Isaiah chapter number 8. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 8, I will read from verse 11 to verse 19. For the Lord speak thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the ways of the people. Now this guy, are you with me? You are not with me. This guy was in a location where there was extreme darkness. But you see, the reason why he could survive was because he could still receive the word of the Lord. His light came. And the wisdom that he was able to deduce from his light that came was that he should not walk, he should not conduct himself in the same manner that the people of the land that among whom he dwells conducts themselves. Now, if you have no access to the proceeding word of God, you are likely to function and to operate like the people of the land that God has sent you to. Do you still remember the story of Isaiah? Isaiah began his ministry by sending woes to cities. Woe unto Johannesburg. Woe unto Cape Town. And he continued that ministry of woe until he encountered God. Then when he encountered God, he now discovered that woe is me. That the, re the reason why he was seeing woe everywhere was because it was inherent in him. So it was in the midst of that situation that God arranged for a quick cleansing for him in order for him to measure up to understand the mind of God. Because while he was still prophesying, God was still looking for a man. Are you still with me? Now, so God spoke and instructed the prophet that he should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them whom these people shall say a confederacy, neither fear their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense to both the houses of, of Israel, and for a gene, and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many of them shall stumble and fall and be broken, and be snared, and be taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, and I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. 
Behold, I and the children whom the Lord had given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. And when they shall say unto thee, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter should not a people seek their God for the living to the dead? Hallelujah. I know you don't like reading the books of the prophets. But there's so much that are hidden in them. If you check verse 19, you will see that this is an advertisement that is being made for witchcraft. When they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. It means there was marketing taking place. It means people were saying that God, are you with me? Stay with me. Stay with me. People were saying, Jehovah spends too much time before he answers prayers. So we have alternatives that are on the fast lane. You know, some young intercessors in Nigeria, they went to the bush to pray, all night prayers. And they were coming back from the bush early in the morning by 6 a.m. And on the route that they were passing, there, there was a shrine by the side of the road. And while they, they were passing, they saw somebody waiting for consultation. And he had a face cap on. And he was facing this side. But when they saw the structure of the, the man, he looked familiar from the, his backside. So the guys coming from the night vigil went into the shrine to actually to find out who it was that was trying to consult so early. And they discovered that it was the elder, an elder in their church. So they now say, Elder, what are you doing here? And his reply was that it, God, God takes time before he answers prayer. And that's why he decided to help himself with this technology that produces quick answers. The Bible says, and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. There are three departments of the kingdom of darkness that were being advertised in this verse of scripture. The first department is them that have what? Familiar spirits. How I wish we can, we have time. Because unknown to us, the texture of the gospel on the continent of Africa has experienced a serious shift. Right now, it is customary for someone that uses a familiar spirit to come into ministry and they can afford the suits we wear they can afford the ties we buy and they create another type of priesthood. That's where we are. 
we are so blended with the darkness that if your light does not come, you will bow down to a God that Apostle Paul does not recognize. The challenge of our generation is deeper than most of us have taken time to assess. Those days, people that speak for darkness are in the woods, at the city steps, in the suburban areas. You will need to do real due diligence to find a spokesman of Satan. But these days, there, there are even advertisement to point you to Jehovah Shap Shap. You know, this Jehovah Shap Shap I'm talking about, you are not following, you are not, you are not. I pray that your light will come this night. You know, when God wants to conquer a territory, like when God conquered your heart, the utensil that God uses to conquer is called power. But the utensil by which God rules is called authority. So when you gave your life to Christ, what happened is that you came under God's authority. And it will interest you to know that God's authority is uncompromising. The extent to which you yield to the authority of God is the degree to which God can accomplish his divine purpose through your life. So if your life is not yielded to God, it will be impossible for, life, for your life to become God's intention, God's expectation, God's plan, God's program. A lot of us live short of God's program because we are not willing to yield to God's authority. Part of the things that form the framework of God's authority in his dealings on your life is, is, is processes. Processes that are administered by the Spirit of God. When God looks at you and sees that anger that you've been pampering since you were a baby, he knows that that anger is going to cost you your home. So what he does is that he puts you in a situation that you cannot change, that your prayer cannot change. Have you ever fasted before for a situation to change and it didn't change? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> you... <laughs> Do you realize that after God was excited with Jesus when he came out of the water in John the Baptist, baptismal service. God himself said, this one is my beloved son. This is the idea I conceived. This is the idea I had in mind when I proposed the policy, let us make man. This is the first man that is according to the design for man. That was what God was saying. It's just like when you mark the scripts of your students in class and you give some A, you give some B, you give some. Jesus got an A in whom I am well pleased. After getting an A, you would think he would give him, give him employment. He sent him to the wilderness. He sent him to the wilderness. You are not with me. You are not with me. Uh, that's part of his government over the life of his son. And you... You know, after the excitement that took place in John the Baptist baptismal service, you will not expect Jesus. He was not consulted whether he likes the wilderness. 
But another aspect of the government of God required that he be found in the wilderness. And he didn't just go to visit the wilderness. He started a 40 days prayer and fasting. And it was after those days were ended that Satan now showed up. So he was in the wilderness for more than 40 days. And he did not have direct control over when the test will finish. You are not following me. Government. What makes a man fake? Because I need to define the difference between false and fake. What makes a man fake is that that man refuses the mighty hand of God, the government of God. It's God that put you through the process, but at some point you became wiser than God and you felt there was a better way to do it and then you turn away from the dealings of God, that's when you embrace alternatives. So there were, I've seen people before that have genuine callings and they were working with God and moving with God and then those seasons of testing now came. You want power to raise the dead and you don't know what happens after you raise the dead. God is more concerned about what happens after you raise the dead. Because at that point, your face will be on the, on the dailies, the newspaper. The news agencies will come and visit your house. Your house will become a pilgrimage center. Your wife that likes privacy no longer has it. Because if she goes to the market, they'll say, that's the husband, the wife of the man that raised the dead. If you have not gone through God's process and God's dealings, you will come out like this and say, you know, you print a, a poster and say, Apostle so so with the anointing to raise the dead. So you will point the whole world to yourself and not to God. You become a, an obstacle in the way of God's agenda. That's what happens when people refuse to yield to the dealings of God. Anything you put on them, they will squander it on self. Put money on them, self. Put anointing on them, self. Put women in the church, self will look for how to exploit that. Nothing works where there is self. And the only thing that is more ancient than self, that can deal with self, is the mighty hand of God in his government and in his discipline. And when God wants to make a precious jewel, when God wants to make a prophet that can shake the continent, when God wants to raise an apostle that can shake the continent, what he does is that he puts you through a process that you do not have authority to control. If you have never been through that process, I assure you, you will go for this option. Because it's only a man that has survived that dealing that can say, if God will not do it, I will die at his feet. Do you understand that? That kind of rugged faith that he cannot receive help from, from the Philistines. A certain minister of the gospel in my nation 
was ministering one night and he said he is possessed and he's possessed by a fallen angel and the name of the angel is Jasper He, he, he told the congregation, I am possessed. I'm possessed by a fallen angel whose name is Jasper. The man came down from the pulpit, touched somebody on the head. This is not a story real. He touched somebody on the head. A stone came out of the person's head. And strange miracles began to take place. Even though the man said he's possessed with a fallen angel, there were more people that came for the meeting the next day than the first day because the people of Africa today can easily turn to familiar spirits, can easily turn to wizards, can easily turn to necromancers. And the question that is asked is, should not a people seek unto their God? I assure you, before this service is ended, there are people here that have visited familiar spirits and wizards. Before we finish today, What was placed on you when you visited a wizard? I know you will not say it publicly, but you don't have control over this atmosphere. What was placed on you will be removed. Not because, not because you want it to be removed, but because the atmosphere here it fulfills such things. It does such things. So what we have in this scripture is an advertisement for products that are available in the demonic kingdom. Familiar spirits. What are familiar spirits? Who has an idea to give us a working definition of what it means when we say someone has a familiar spirit. There are about 1,000 tribes in my nation. Each of these tribes have cultures that are rooted in demonic darkness. My tribe the masters of familiar spirits. So I can tell you one thing or the other about familiar spirits. There's a difference between a soothsayer and a prophet. But in this day, we have defined them to be the same. Because that borderline, and it is only men that have gone through process, that their hearts have been tested to know discernment that can differentiate between the workings of soothsayers 
and genuine prophets of God. I'm not speaking to this congregation, I'm speaking to Africa. You know, an apostolic conference, the platform has increased beyond what it was. I'm, I'm talking spiritually, you know. It has increased beyond what it was last, was it last year? Last year. So it means that the utterance that will come from the altar now, the coverage is wider. Familiar spirits are demons that have labored in nations. Some are assigned to nations, some are assigned to territories, some are assigned to families. They know the family by generation. They know the weaknesses of the family. They know that this one, this family has a history of drunkenness. The temptations that Satan will bring to you, based on the intelligence of familiar spirits, will be consistent with the weaknesses that are associated with your bloodline. Familiar spirits have details. Details of how people's names, how long they lived, what killed them, what is responsible, what was responsible for their poverty. They are intelligence agents. In your culture in South Africa, you don't have masquerades. Do you have masquerades? You don't have masquerades. Because um, the deities of darkness in South Africa are not the spirits of necromancy. Are you still with me? You know, this is an apostolic conference, so we need to speak like sons, sons of the kingdom. Necromancy is the demonic priesthood where people consult the ancestors, the dead. The necromancy has this philosophy that the dead relatives in the family are still part of the family. So, once in a while, you will need to consult them. Since they have crossed to the other side, you consult them to find what their mind is so that their will can be implemented. But I want to let you know that necromancy is impossible without the agency of a familiar spirit. Someone that is in league with a familiar spirit can come here and give you express details about your life. One of the lusts in the heart of men that makes them to consult darkness is supernatural knowledge. Somebody dies in the family, they say, all right, let's consult to find out who killed the person. That knowledge is not available with humankind. So that we need to reach beyond humanity to get spiritual intelligence and spiritual knowledge. And that's what the familiar spirit provides. The familiar spirit, the oppression of the familiar spirit is uh, the closest relative to what we call the prophetic. Because it's, it's, a, it's a bank. It's a warehouse of spiritual knowledge that is made available when familiar spirits go to work. When they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. The thing about the man that operates with familiar spirits is that the spirits have demands, uncompromising demands. 
and the way satan works satan is not as friendly as god when satan gives you an instruction and you refuse to carry out the instruction he kills you and you know even before you join them you know that there's no middle ground it's either you are in, in accurate compliance or you become a victim of accepting that priesthood so satan gets 90 to 97 percent compliance meanwhile we do not obey god we are used to disobeying <laughs> that's why when sparrows are casted over territories because of the fact that our obedience our obedience level the extent to which we are obedient to god in comparison to the obedience of the people that serve satan is not there's no equilibrium and in such a situation darkness can overcome light let me let me let me replay myself i say if your commitment to god and your obedience to god is not as much as the commitment of someone that serves the devil he can overwhelm your faith and many of us are in situations that are orchestrated spiritually and you've been laboring in faith expecting a turnaround and it has not quite worked till this time one of the symptoms that is responsible for that particular case is your obedience level and that's why your prayers lack authority because your life is a contradiction to the prayer that you are praying the God that you are praying to, you don't obey him. You don't wait for him. Huh? You, you, you are so smart. You attended the University of Johannesburg. So you know what to do. You know the buttons to press. You know the things to do. And that's why God has no power in your life. If we are going to overcome this regime of wizards, I went to a village to preach and then the senior ministers, old men came to me. brought me into a private place almost wept and what they said is that their sons have gone to take powers from the enemy to do ministry and now their ministries are big their ministries are powerful and there the gatekeepers have been abandoned when they shall say unto you When they shall say unto you. So people consult with familiar spirits because they dazzle them with spiritual knowledge. Intelligence. So someone operating that spirit can say your name, for instance. And I'm not saying that we, we don't do that in the prophetic. If God wills during this conference, I will call people's names. So I know that anointing. But he doesn't operate in my life every day. Alright? So, someone with, with that spirit, he can say your name. He can mention the name of your father, your grandfather. He can tell you about the sicknesses that they have. Because the familiar spirit is, has access to da your, your data bank. Everything in the past and things in the present. Familiar spirit is a master of them. It's only the future that the familiar spirit cannot predict. So the limitation 
of the familiar spirit is is made up by the wizard the, the bible calls wizards they operate with spirits that peep are you still with me so wizards operate with spirit that peep if you have ever watched a movie before and maybe while you are watching the movie i now come into your sitting room and i see a scene in that movie can i tell the story of the movie you are not answering me i just see a scene so the peeping spirits can see a scene in your future but they cannot tell the story of your destiny but they can see so they can actually predict something that will come to pass but don't be deceived the things they predict that come to pass are things that they themselves will create you are not following okay let me give you an idea because i want us to go far today let me give you an idea in witchcraft you know i grew up in the village not in the city so i know things that are associated with our culture in witchcraft somebody the ritual that concludes someone's death can take place and the person will physically have three days interval that the person is alive now the witches already know the person is dead and the witches will begin to announce that somebody in this family is going to die now the reason why they know it is because they were the ones that actually concluded it spiritually it takes like sometimes it takes even up to seven days for that which they have concluded to find expression and the witches that are responsible will come and they will either call you in the morning 5 a.m in the morning after they finish that thing to check if you are still alive so a wizard can actually predict but the things they can predict are the things that they created in the realm of the spirit that is still finding expression through the window of time Are you there? So we also have wizards on the pulpit in Africa. You know the instruction is arise. Why are you shine? Because what? Your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And the reason why he's positioning you to shine is because there is a darkness that is coming. You must be competent enough to deal with that darkness that is coming and that's why he's saying that every one of us must know how to receive the dabar word of god because the darkness will be so dark the only light that we will have is the light that comes from the proceeding word of god are you there so we have wizards wizards what what people that operate with familiar spirits what they bring is is knowledge spiritual knowledge are you there wizards are capable of wisdom they are capable of wisdom that means they know 
if you bring a problem to them, they will tell you, they'll give you a prescription on how to solve it using their priesthood. And indeed, if you follow the prescription, you will have results. Because in this day where everything is about results, we no longer check to know how the results come. For instance, Moses was asked, Are you there? You are, not, you, are, you are not there. This is not, it's an apostolic conference. <laughs> Moses was asked, he was asked to beat the rock to produce water the first time. So he took his staff, he struck the rock, water came out. The second time, Moses was asked to speak to the rock. Moses still took his rod and he beat the rock and water came out. So Moses had results. In disobedience, Moses had results. So if the yardstick of our measurement is results, then we are going to serve Satan in the process. So now we have this craze for results. People no longer, whereas God is more interested in the, your process of development. Because it is the process that God takes you through that gives you the capacity to be able to handle the seasons of your destiny. So we no longer want God's processes. That means we no longer want to stay under God's government. And if God cannot exercise his authority over your life, he, can, he cannot accomplish his divine purpose in your life. I'm, I'm trying to bring you close before we start the journey. So it's about results. So people have been told by Satan how to grow churches. Meanwhile, the prescription in the book of Acts of the Apostles is still there in black and white. Jesus gave them a four-point agenda. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking of bread, in fellowship, and in prayers. Prayer was the mechanical energy that kept the entire engine moving. At any point in time, when you, you that mechanical energy cannot be supplied, the lights will go out, the anointing will go out, witches will come and become your members. It's mechanical energy. Prayer will. That they always, they were always manufacturing prayer. It's the, it's, it's the energy that comes through that prayer that will give life to the word of God on the pulpit. It's the energy that comes from the prayer that will give life to the ministration of the choir. It's the energy that will come through that prayer that will make, give the word of God the potency that it needs to effect healings, to effect so that the touch of divinity even though God seemed to be invisible to the eyes, he's visible in our experience. Somebody ran to me and said, you are the only one praying now. This guy has a 22,000 member church. And they don't pray. Opening prayer is 10, is 10 minutes. I told him, those are not divine results. Because the thing about the apostolic is that our first ancestors, people like Peter and Paul, they downloaded a pattern 
that God will use in every age and in every location. And that pattern is the approved pattern. It doesn't change with generation. It doesn't change with location. It is eternal and universal. So if you find another way that it works, apart from the prescribed pattern, what you are doing is that you have opened the door to familiar spirits. And you have received wisdom from quarters other than the Holy Ghost. And in that thing that you are building, someone that is not of God will be comfortable there for 20 years and you will not know. You are not, you are not following me. You know, I told you, that's why I made you laugh. So that we can now talk kingdom matters. There is darkness in the land and it's only the shining ones that can bring the illumination that will deliver our generation. So when he says that the word of God comes to you, huh? it makes you the shining ones. So what we came to do tonight is to investigate the seven characters of the shining ones that can shine brighter than the, than the efforts of familiar spirits. Shine brighter. Now am I the one doing something wrong? Or tell me what is wrong. With, with me and this sound. Let's try again. Until you become one of the shining ones. People will still see you as a pastor. They will see your ministry. But they will go to a familiar spirit. Until you become one of the shining ones. People will see you ministering. Those your accurate theological messages. But they will go to wizards. And so God is giving us a prescription. He says, arise. And when you arise, shine. Because your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So the prophet Isaiah in this place begins to give us a few insights. The first insight he gives us is that God began to give him a strategy in the days of darkness. And the instruction that came was that he should not walk in the way of the people of the land. Hallelujah. We began to pray in our city. Satan had the upper hand in our city and we began to pray and began to talk to God. For one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, eight years, nine years, ten years, there were no results. So many people left us. In fact, we had six waves of people leaving. Say there are no results. And while I, I, I taught the people that left, I taught them. I taught them 
the symptoms that find expression is someone is using a familiar spirit I taught them the symptoms that you will find if someone is a wizard there is a lifestyle that the people that operate this kind of priesthood have that they cannot hide it is loud enough for everyone that is discerning to see So one of those people that left he went to join I did not know that God pegged our breakthrough for 14 years you know the government of God and you know and Satan will come when the time is close and give you an idea and say are you not a fool would you continue like this forever then his mind-bending games will begin. If Jehovah is not your God, you will deny him at that point. And the pulpit is full of many people that denied God and took other options and still remained in ministry. So the entire landscape of ministry has been infested. We have voices that are not sanctioned. We have voices that alter the tricks of the devil on the continent of Africa. And this is a place oh my god why is this man touching the sound jesus i i plead with you in the name of jesus christ leave the sound are you there after some years when they saw that actually god answers but they will not answer in your own time. In fact, the, the burden of living by faith, part of the burden is to accept God's policy of timing. Yes, yes. And, and, and if you are not willing to walk by faith, you will become fake because you will not be able to endure the process. And anyone that cannot endure the process, that did not endure the process, should not be trusted. That person has accepted mammon instead of him accepting God. So I, I connected with that charge deeply. The, the brother was, that sound, I know that sound, he, he was accurate. There will always be an option apart from God in every situation, in every circumstance. It may not be outright idolatry, but the effect is that you will become fake. You will lack the capacity to trust God because God is not real to you. Check statistics. In the United Kingdom now, Christianity is a minority religion. It is only the sons and daughters of Africa that can liberate the world. Now, this is our time. It's our season of manifestation. Now, now, don't be quick to clap. Don't be quick to clap. Don't be quick to clap. If the measurement of your obedience is not up to date, then that your clapping is hypocrisy. The time of hard measures and talk is over. We need to come in terms with the truth of the word of God. Those days where we use the Bible to make people happy. Those days are come. Whenever you say thy kingdom come, it's a declaration of war. You must know that. Satan will fight 
so that you will violate God's authority over your life. And it's only men that are in sync with the authority of God that can shine so bright like the shining ones that in the midst of darkness they will save the day. They will save the day. The reason why you will not change is because you have tested God through the process and you know him enough to wait for him to come. You are not likely to wait for him if you have not experienced him through one season of dealing. Because it's the seasons of dealings that you go through that will determine your rank, your stature, what your prayer can do, what your decree can accomplish. Authority is lacking in the body of Christ and people are making up for it by numerous assortments of, 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 of alternatives. Because only few among us have yielded to the process. Ministry is not a show. It's a manifestation of a sacred life. When roots grow, they don't announce it. Because that's secret life. The root doesn't come to the street and say, you know what? I'm growing. I'm, ah, see, the soil is difficult. Roots don't announce their it is hit. Some parts of your life must be hidden. If everything about you is on the pulpit, you stop ministry long time ago. You are a performer. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. So I need to show you the seven things that God recommended to the prophet. That he needs to do quickly in this time where there was advertisement for demonic alternatives. Are you still with me? These are the strategies that God is unveiling to his people. And just in case it is not descriptive of where you are, you have an opportunity during this apostolic conference to migrate and to come back into alignment because the harvest is plenteous but the laborers not the preachers the laborers are few the preachers are many but the laborers are few when last did jesus come to you and wake you up and say in the next 70 nights you'll be standing before me because of your city it doesn't make sense it's labor just like when you see a laborer, his muscles are developed not because he's going to the gym. It's the kind of task he engages. He develops his muscles. If we see your muscles in the spirit, we'll know that if you have labor. You have muscles? Or, what you, you, are, or you are in the field of philosophy? Huh. Uh, the gospel has gone beyond that your talk. It has gone beyond it. Because people have more than talk. Wizards can do something. What can you do? If all we have to save a situation is your prayer, what can your prayer do? What can it do? Hallelujah. I'll give you number one, then I'll pray. We can only do number one tonight. And maybe we can 
only do number one and two for the conference. But the joy is the problems we had for which we could not come in April, we, we have solved it. <laughs> so, maybe twice a year I will come. first wisdom that God gave him. You know he said in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 11 For the Lord spake thus unto me with a strong hand and instructed me. Right? So there were some instructions that he received during that time of darkness. And those instructions were supposed to keep him in the light. You see? You are not, you are not with me. This is still light. Go to verse 20. Let me show them that is is we are still talking about that light. That light I started with. Do you have verse 20? He said to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no what? So we are still talking about light. The light we spoke about in the book of Isaiah chapter 60. So we are still on it. The instructions that came to him, the first instruction that came to him is in verse number 13. That will be my scripture for the night. It says, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear and let him be your dread. The first antidote that God gave to him in such a season where there were many alternatives for people to jump out was that he needs to have a renewed capacity in the fear of God. Do you fear God? We'll find out if you do. Come with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Let us begin the job. Hebrews chapter 11 um, we'll read um, verse 1 to 7 Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 to 7 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen I need to explain this to us. The substance of things hoped for. So, the foundation of faith is hope. Hope is seeking for substance. Hope is desiring for substance. Alright? So, faith is actually the gateway to actualizing hope. If I desire the power of God on my life tonight, I'm hoping that God will consider me a candidate for his power. Alright? When faith comes at that point where in my interaction with God, in my intercourse with God, I receive God's commitment that what I hope, what I desire, he's willing now to begin to perform through my vessel. Are you following? 
Now, but I need to read that text from the Greek rendering. The Greek rendering of that text is a little bit different, even though it has the same, relatively the same implication. But in the Greek context, what it reads is, faith is the substantiation of things hoped for. Faith gives, is the substantiation of things hoped for. So in faith, God gives substance to what you are hoping. In faith, God shows you the reality of what you are hoping. And let me explain what that means. Because in a bid for God to substantiate a matter, there are many things he can do to achieve that. The thing is not existing. The thing is not available. But God wants to substantiate it. So that you can see that it is real in the realm of the spirit. Are you there? Your physical senses cannot pick it. But God uses the instrument of your spiritual senses to substantiate. One of the ways God substantiates a thing that is not physically present is by giving you a vision. And then you see it in the realm of the spirit. So it's difficult for you to doubt it in the natural because you have seen its reality. Do you understand that? And there are many ways God can achieve that. But what Paul is saying is that if by any means you stumble on faith, you begin to walk by faith, it's because God substantiated what you were hoping for. You get that? So there are ways by which he does that. Okay, so let's continue. It is the evidence of things not seen. Next verse. He said, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Somebody click on report in your lexicon. Can you click on report in your lexicon? I'm coming. Let me get my lexicon out. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Okay. Verse 2. Report. Obtain the good report. Mm. That word there you find is materiario, which is the word from which matter in English language was derived. Look at, look at it, confirm it before we go on. That's the, that's the Greek word from whence matter was drawn from. It says that the elders obtained a good materiario. That means are you there? The thing that, they, that was substantiated are you there? The elders believed it so much that they were willing to die for it. That was how real it was to them. Is there anything you are willing to die for as you are seated here? You believe it enough. It's so real. It's even more real than your physical life. And you can give your physical life to prove its validity. 
He said, by faith, the elders obtained a good material. I want you to think first. Because as we begin to proceed, you will see why Christians are not deep. Because I've seen Muslims that are willing to die for. Huh? Willing, they are ready to take a bomb and blast themselves. Meanwhile, there's no foundation in what he believes. And it is expected that there's a foundation, a secure foundation in the afterlife for you because of the regeneration of your human spirit. But yet, yet the way you live your life, you don't live with confidence. There is no good report. It is not concrete in the way you live your life that you believe something that is superior to what you learned to the university. So there was a way the elders lived and no one could doubt what they believed. They knew that they had found a solid rock and that their lives were built on it. So, are you there? This verse 2 was put in place so that we could measure our faith with the elders. Come with me. Yeah, next verse. It's a true faith we understand. Has it occurred to you that there are many spiritual things you will never understand but true faith? Doesn't make mental sense. So faith can provide conviction, such deep conviction that people are willing to give their lives to proof. That's why our fathers were born to the stake and they refused to deny Jesus because of material. It was so deep. It, you, they couldn't imagine them living their lives outside of those convictions. Those convictions have become their life. And if you are going to require that they give up those convictions, they will opt to die with them. So this kind of guys, people that have familiar spirits could not trick them. This one, the, 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 the thing was too deep that you couldn't sell wizardry to those ones. The example of a Christian that you are, can someone that is an unbeliever look at your life, not your preaching, and come to you and say, you know the real God. So for our elders, that was how they were. People came to the knowledge of the Lord just because of their coming. Even kings, their hearts shook when great men were willing to go to the stake and die. They, they were wondering, what is it? Because it doesn't make sense. It only makes faith. And that's why there are some things that you will never understand by sense. You will only understand them by faith. By faith we understand. That the words were framed by the word of God. And that the things that are seen were not made by things which do appear. If these eyes that you have are the only means by which you see, the Bible says you are blind.
with Sarah Apostolic Conference. It's not a believers' conference. It's, it's to re, we want to re-engineer the apostolic pattern. So it takes it takes chiseling. Sometimes the hammer might hit you at a, a strange angle. It's because we are we are sculpt we are sculpting. We are sculpting. Next one. I'm going somewhere. I will end soon, but you will understand before I end. He said, by faith, Abel offered unto God the more excellent sacrifice than Cain. This was the impact of his gift. He had that material. And that was what propelled him to offer the sacrifice he offered. Anybody that looked at what he was offering would say he's mad. His faith was revealed in his giving, his sacrifice. When you see him, you say he's a madman. It's not okay. But you see, by this kind of sacrifice, for him it was not a waste. It was, there was a conviction that compelled him. And he could not do otherwise than to make that sacrifice. There was a conviction that gave him an understanding. That sense of logic, the new sense of logic that came to him. Ah, okay, I think I need to use some other scriptures to, to define faith further. Because you are not following me. And my job this night is to ensure that you understand. I, oh, no, there's no time. Let's go back there. He said the sacrifice was more excellent. Click on the word excellent. <laughs> What's the word there? <laughs> how can a sacrifice be excellent? Is that how they grade it? Are you there? Offer the more excellent it's uh, pilot number G4119 if you have a lexicon it's police and police means magnitude alright are you with me when Solomon went the first time Solomon sacrificed Huh? When the temple was to be inaugurated, how many lambs did he sacrifice? 20,000? 120,000? Does it make sense? 120,000 lambs for sacrifice. I think that's strange. You, because the first example of faith we have is faith revealed through giving. Your faith, your giving is not a giving of faith if it makes sense. The one that makes sense cannot strike any chord in the realm of the spirit. It's, it's fun. It's like you are playing children's game. When you really start giving by faith, it will not make sense. But you see, it's that kind of giving that someone else will say you are crazy that that speaks beyond your lifespan. Next verse, next verse. Let's go. 
He said, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. This was his, his faith was manifested in a life that pleased God. That means this guy, no matter how much pressure you bring on him, he will not do what you want. He will do what God wants. You might give him a name. You might say he's a Jew. He's a Jew guy. He is willing to take the persecution of the names that you are crafting to describe his non-compliance to the way of the world. But this guy is set out to please God. The, 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 the common, this scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, which you all know, by faith it is impossible to please God. It's an explanation that was given in order to give us insight into the life of Enoch. That his own faith was manifested in a life that was pleasing to God. He will always do what God wants. Whether society reckons with him or not, that's not a problem. He is living to please God. That's the kind of life we call a living sacrifice. In all the cases, you are going to see the word sacrifice can fit in. Like giving. Sacrifice. And the excellent there is polios. Multitude. This one is a living sacrifice. Every day he shuts down his own will so that he can do the will of God. So, so he's a theater. He, he, oh my God. He, he, he has abandoned creativity, trying to be creative. He has abandoned his own wisdom in, in prosecuting our affairs. He's just existing as a theater that God stands on to do his displays. So if he does something, he cannot be held responsible for what he has done because it was not his will he did. What he did was in keeping with the need to please God. So God will need to take responsibility of defending him. God will need to take responsibility of standing with him. God will need to take responsibility of backing him up. That's the life this man lived. And a day came that God took him. That's how I want to leave this earth. By taking and he was not found. He was not found. For God took him. Next verse. That's where I'm going. No. Okay, this one is... This admonition came to explain the life of Enoch. <laughs> Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Then the man goes to give us insight. It shows us one of the ways to enter into spiritual knowledge. He said, for he that cometh to God. That is the first way to enter into spiritual knowledge. You, you will deal, to, deal with God. If God was sitting down where he was sitting. Then you now come to him. I hope you know. When you come to, like you came to God with your prayer. You came to God with your desire. God was sitting down. It was you that had the need, so you migrated to him. Let it be known to you when you come to God. It means you have surrendered to God's method, God's timing, God's strategy, God's answer, God's approach. Because some of you come to God and there's a way you are expecting Him to answer. I assure you, He will not answer that way. 
He is not everybody that comes to God. Some go to wizards, some go to familiar spirits. But he that cometh to God, there are basic requirements in coming to God. You must believe that besides him, there is no alternative. So that if it delays, don't change your channel. If we see how long you can wait on God, it's a proof that you don't have any other God. But if you have ever said that God delays, it means your heart has not yet surrendered to the protocol required when you come to God. You must believe that he is suffering. You must believe that he is the one and only. And that because you came to him, there is a reward attached. You saw the familiar spirits, you didn't visit them. You saw the wizards, you ignored them. And you stayed with him. Nobody stays with God without a reward for coming. Even if you come for the wrong reason, the fact that you stayed with him, there will be a reward. Then let me, my, let me give you my scripture. Because we are talking about the fear of God. Yeah. He said without God, seven. Seven is my scripture. He said by faith. Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Moved with fear. Now you see. Um, what's his name? Abel's faith was revealed in sacrificial giving. Enoch's faith was revealed in a life that is well pleasing to God. He lived for God. Noah's faith was revealed in fear. You didn't read the scripture. I want to teach you the fear of God. Huh? He said, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, how did he respond to what God told him? The things that he has not seen. Because of the voice of God that he heard. He, he, his motivation to do what God has said was what? Oh, you're afraid. Because you were taught that the opposite of faith is fear. That's what you were taught. <laughs> you are not ready for the Bible. Let me leave you. Let me leave you there. We'll continue tomorrow. No. You, <laughs> you are not. It's not every fear that is from the devil. I don't know how God spoke to Noah, but God spoke to him in a way that no one knew that God will not change his mind. Because of that, he hastened with the fear that the immutable, the infallible, had spoken. That was his motivation for construction. And that motivation was inherent in him until the last strand of that ark was placed. People that know what the voice of God can do, they reverence him in fear. It is that fear of God that will help you as a pastor when you see a vulnerable sister 
that you can take advantage of. Because you can take advantage of her and bring one scripture and defend yourself. Because we are theologians. We know the Bible. We know this side. We know that side. But the reason why you will not exploit that person is because inside you know that God will not change his mind about what he will do to people that plunder the least of my inheritance. The first thing that God told that guy on how to survive when people are marketing for witchcraft, marketing for familiar spirits, is a revival of the fear of God. I don't have time to take you to the book of Proverbs to open your eyes to the fact that the fear of God is the passcode into the island called wisdom. <laughs> you are praying for wisdom. The first thing God will give you is not wisdom. Oh, you are not with me. You are not with me. Now, let me... Let, we, we just started this teaching. But, you see, the problem is time. We just started. I need to show you what the fear of God is. Oh, my God. Let me give you one scripture in Proverbs. The real scripture under the fear of God is in the book of Isaiah chapter 11. That's the real scripture. The last one on that matter. Proverbs chapter chapter what? Chapter 2 verse 1 to 5. Let me read to you. Can you help me? He said, my son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart unto understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, five, then thou shalt understand what? The fear of the Lord. That's the passcode. And find the knowledge of God. Now, the, the fear if is the foundation for your journey in the school of the spirit. So when you find someone conducting his life in such a way that, that, that you cannot trace the fear of God, there is no restraining factor that is burning from his spirit man. You see that it's a rolling stone. He has nothing that can wage him. He doesn't know God. I have other scriptures to show you. How that before you enter into this, he will show you first the fear of God. The manifestation of the faith of Noah was reverential fear. A fear that was born out of deep reverence. A fear that was a function of a knowledge of the fact that God is not a man that he should lie. Do you fear God? Or you play with scriptures? I went somewhere one time and one guy was preaching grace. He was talking about grace. 
when he finished preaching because his message was lacking in 12 pillars of the doctrine of grace but people that have not bible students cannot pick it so he did that preaching he didn't know he was preaching for satan when he finished preaching i called him i asked him if he knows death do you know death Because part of what he was saying was if he's in committing adultery and the trumpet sounds, he will go to heaven. You see, stay with me. I don't have time to show you the 14 snapshots of the afterlife in the Bible. I'm not speaking from intuition. I'm speaking from study. I can show you the corridor of death from a man's passing how the corridor looks like it has 14 stations and I can show you each point from the Bible the Bible is complete it's only men that don't know the justice system of God that play in time God say I will not give you wisdom until I give you the fear of God because with wisdom you can produce results and people will call you a champion if you don't have the fear of god there'll be no restraint it's just like money with money you are too powerful but the fear of god is the regulator that will keep you in check and that's why before god gives you anything that can wield influence he gives you the fear of god that's the yes that's it it's the first thing if you can't trace the fear of god in the life of a man no matter the title he carries his efforts will adorn the kingdom of darkness. Then thou shalt understand the fear of God and find knowledge. Because the moment you have knowledge, things will work. You know what to do. It will work. Money will come. He doesn't give knowledge quickly. Spiritual knowledge. Bible knowledge he, he, he can give you. What spiritual knowledge? Of what to do to change the situation. What to do to change that situation. What to do to bring the installations of darkness in your city down. He won't give it just like that. Because it will make you a God. And if you are not tampered by the fear of God, you will deify yourself. I see people on Facebook with titles. People that have no life that represents God. People that have no testimony that represents God. And they bewitch generation celebrating such a man in the name of the God whose name is holy. You have not met him. You have not seen him. You have not seen his face. You have not seen his shape. You have not heard his voice. Because just standing in the presence of Jesus, you will weep. You will weep for yourself because you will see how inadequate you are. It will take Jesus himself to come and comfort you for you to stand on your feet after a true encounter.
I preach like this because I have seen in the spirit that God wants to use this nation, South Africa. Yes, in our lifetime. In our lifetime. Not in the days of our children. He will accomplish in these lands things that, that could only be seen in dreams, could only be seen in visions. I say, COVID na hambo. Kesoli akiso sili mahandali. Masokido masoli abrasketi akando meni lahobre asuli makadia. Oramoskedi akombe ispombe buse ambolia supakude ma. Oresima. Kayato kombe kaskude makadia amiso sande miyakoria baba nantole asamo kia prosketa ikomanto obreskede mohori obresamilaita akamo hope iskome mabadia asketo prendo kombreheskedia makanda. because of the authority that God will invest on the spirits of men. South Africa was chosen as one of those platforms where the Lion of Judah will set his feet. I see a door opened in the spirit. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. And from this door that was opened, I saw 17 stars. 17 stars. When I made inquiries in the spirit, I found out that these 17 stars are a recent recruit of intercessors the hand of God will come on these 17 stars there are 17 people here you will receive a touch a touch of God a touch a touch of God will come upon you a touch of fire a touch of a flame a touch of God it will come upon your life my left to the right to the back on the side there are people that have been waiting for him people that have been seeking his face he comes to change your rank there are 17 of them 
Lendo resosi le ego barakante di sabri go batwa nehosatelia. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Now, ushers, listen to me. As we go into this session, the hand of God will come mightily, and some of the people who will need to touch them. We need to touch them so that the thing that God is doing will be consolidated. The river is still flowing. Those those 17 individuals still flowing. Yes. They are still being baptized into the anointing of that office. The anointing of an intercessor. 17 of you. In fact, the, the, the grace is even increasing right now. The uh, measure of grace, the weight of grace is intensifying, it's intensifying, it's building, it's building stronger. It's building stronger. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Listen. Listen. Yes. So you'll find out for those people that the Lord touched, you will find out that it will be easy for you to spend time with God. To be easy. I, I, I still see the flame. The flames just came on somebody. It just came on somebody this way. And it came, I just saw it. You know. Uh. <laughs> So there are two people in this auditorium. The Lord will give you the gift of prophecy in the next 21 seconds. Two individuals in this auditorium, he will give you the gift of prophecy in the next 21 seconds. You will become a vessel that will carry his message. Will carry his message. The hand of the Lord is coming so strong on those two individuals in 17 seconds. 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 Ushers, if you see any of them, bring. If you see any of them, bring. Ooh! Yeah. Let no I just want to touch. I just want to touch. Just a little touch. Just a little touch. Just a touch. in the spirit be open just a touch 
let your eyes in the spirit be open let your eyes in the spirit be open be open be open listen 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 in seven seconds there is someone i'm seeing the anointing of a seer you'll be able to see is in seven seconds one two three four five six seven it's an impartation to increase your capacity to increase your capacity i'm seeing one of the ministers here one of the ministers present here god is giving you a, a stronger anointing in the ministry of deliverance what will come upon you will feel like fire 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 fire like fire like fire like fire like fire like fire like fire holy ghost receive the fire you will have authority over devils devils in territories devils in men devils in places oh my god i see the angel of the lord i see the angel rising 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 come in i saw better Person is here. So if you think you are the one, just stretch your hand in my direction. The person I'm looking for is here. In the next 21 seconds, the fire of God will come upon you. Father, show me that person. Show me that one. 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 given a crown in the spirit your authority your authority has been increased you will see it manifest in miracles in signs in wonders the words of your mouth will come to pass grace is given to you Thank you. 
of you here, he will come, he will come, he will come, he will come. He will come, he will come, he will come, to you. he will come, he will come, he will come, he will come, he will come. Okay, he's coming, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Choose from among these ones. Choose and deposit your spirit. your moment we come before your presence tonight and we ask that every door that has been sought by the enemy let it be open let it be open is there any door sought against your life pray now and command it open 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 Ramasanta Bapokosel. Ramasanta Bapokosel. 